Hello, welcome back to the Standing Commentary with myself, Caden Cox, and my friend Trevor Knight. Uh, we're here today going to talk to you about John chapter 4, the majority of it. We didn't read through the entire chapter. There's a good dividing point towards the end of it, but we did want to talk about uh, the main story throughout the, the first part of it here. Uh, and so we read through uh, verse 45 in like I say, John chapter 4. And so just a quick summary of what happens here. Of course, we love when you all read along with us, come prepared and uh, ready for discussion. But uh, we'll certainly fill you in so that you're not missing out. But we see here in chapter 4 uh, this famous story of the woman at the well. And so we see uh, Jesus traveling through Samaria and uh, on his way, he stops at this well. Uh, it's called the Well of Jacob here. And uh, he's, he's sitting there resting, and, and a woman comes along, a Samaritan woman, uh, and starts talking with him. He asks her to give him some water. And, uh, of course, he's using this as a, a launching point for a conversation that he's wanting to have with this woman. And they get into this deep uh, theological discussion about uh, the living water and mm. salvation uh, through Christ. Of course, this woman, she uh, doesn't know that he's the Christ when uh, they're first talking. And so she's maybe a little out of the loop here in this conversation. But Jesus gets his point across finally and, and gets to her and uh, provides a witness of himself uh, to her and uh, allows her to believe on him uh, as this uh, giver of living water, uh, mm. as, as he calls it in this scripture. So we have this, uh, this picture of the woman at the well, and then uh, we see Jesus' disciples coming, and uh, they're, they're talking to him here, and uh, he, he starts to give, him, give them a uh, lesson in uh, what we might call rewards of witnessing or, or the satisfaction uh, that we get from witnessing for Christ. And so we're going to get more into that uh, throughout our discussion here. But those are the main points throughout this uh, chapter 4 of John, at least through verse 45 that we read. And so we'll go back towards the beginning here and get into it a little more in depth. So as I said, uh, Jesus is traveling along. He's traveling towards Galilee uh, from Judea, and uh, he decides he's going to go through Samaria. Now, this is odd because hmm. he's a Jew, and the Jews didn't get along with the Samaritans. Uh, so, Trevor, can you give us a little background on the Samaritans and why there's this conflict between them? Sure, Caden. I'd be glad to. You're right. Uh, as you've already highlighted, uh, it seems like in verse number nine, uh, prior to that, Jesus had mentioned something to the Samaritan woman about giving him drink. And then in verse 9, she says, hey, how is it you, being a Jew, ask us drink of me, and I'm a Samaritan woman. To, and she even says herself, so the Bible's the best commentary on itself, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So right from the get-go, we see here that there is this division between Jews and Samaritans. And then kind of outside of the Bible, you study that out, that Samaritans was this own sect that was kind of a part of the Jews in the sense that Israelite people 
uh, had intermarried and interbred, you could say, with uh, the Assyrian people going back, oh, some five, six hundred years prior to this, when the Assyrians came into Israel's land and took them captive. And so you have like a mixed group of people. And unfortunately, that brought a lot of racism and, you know, ethnic division uh, in those groups. So in Jesus's day, in that current day of, I guess you could say, first century, early first century, that racial tension was still there. So much so that the woman says, hey, you know, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You're a man. I'm a woman. Why are we talking? This is not normal. But I think that's the great thing about the Lord Jesus is, uh, you know, he doesn't have to be normal. He can make a, a new normal. And we're going to see of that beautiful picture here in just a few minutes. Yeah, it's always great to have some background uh, when we're looking at these passages, uh, especially since, you know, at the time this would have had some some context for the people uh, yeah. that were witnessing this event. They would have known that Jews and Samaritans don't get along. So it's very important that we realize that. Sure. Uh, I'm also glad that you brought up uh the the word racial tension yeah. there because you know some people they'll say you know jesus didn't teach on this jesus didn't teach on that and so you know sometimes people will say jesus didn't talk a whole lot about race but here we see he's uh he's interacting with this person that's considered uh at the time kind of a inferior race true like you said and so i think he uh, even though he may not speak on it a whole lot He's living by example, right? And so right. He's, uh, he's showing us how to interact and that, uh, you know, of course, racism is not okay. Exactly. But we, uh, we see Jesus come to this well. And as you said, he, he asked this Samaritan woman that comes and meets him there. He, he says, give me the drink. And so, of course, you know, he's asking for her to lower down her bucket and draw up some water for him to to drink as he's rested uh and so this samaritan woman she's of course taken off guard like you said and and him being a jew she's hmm. uh reluctant to to do this she thinks maybe there's some kind of trickery going on or or something like that because the jews are not supposed to interact with the samaritans right uh but jesus answer here uh i think is is very profound he he says you know if you knew who was asking uh, <laughs> this water from you, you would ask water from me. <laughs> again, like I said at the introduction there, it seems like the, the woman here doesn't really get it at first, right? So maybe that is a little confusing if you don't recognize who Jesus is. Right. Uh, her, her response is, you know, well, you don't have anything to get the water with. How, why would I ask you for water? You know, and so, uh, but the water that he speaks of here in verse 10, he doesn't just say, I would give you water. He says, no, uh, he, he says, I would give you living water. Right. And so that living water is important here. Uh, it's the same water that's mentioned in uh, the Garden of Eden. It's called uh, living water. It said living water flowed through the garden. It's also mentioned in the New Jerusalem in the book of Revelation. Uh, and so it's uh, kind of tied with a, with a heavenly place or a mm -hmm. holy place. And uh, so this living water is a means of salvation, of course, is what it's meant here as. 
I agree with you. I think that water is a beautiful picture of salvation. And actually, I just looked this up to check myself over in John chapter number seven. The Lord Jesus is talking again uh, about that living water in verse number 38. He says, he that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of water. And then again, the Bible is the best commentary uh, on the Bible. Verse number 39 in parentheses says, but this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So that living water especially emphasizes the Holy Spirit, God himself moving into our life. And like you said, that happens when we are saved. So this is a beautiful spiritual lesson that he's bringing to the Samaritan woman that day. Yeah, and as you said there, and we won't get too much ahead of ourselves there in chapter 7, we'll get there eventually, <laughs> but uh, it's he says that the, the living water flows out of the believer, right? And so uh, the Spirit not only flows into us, but it flows through us and flows out of us, uh, spreading it to, to others around us yeah. uh, if we're believers in Christ. So back to this uh, woman at the well here. So she's confused, like I said. She doesn't uh, realize what Jesus is talking about here. She thinks that he's talking about uh, literal water. So she's uh, talking to him about Jacob, who uh, uh, she says dug the well. Uh, and so, you know, she's saying, are you better than Jacob? Which is kind of funny because, of course, Jesus <laughs> is better than Jacob, right? But uh, she's talking about literal water and he's talking about this uh spiritual water uh and so he again starts off talking about this spiritual water with his next response he he says whosoever drinketh of this water shall uh thirst again talking mm -hmm. about the the water in the well uh but then in verse 14 he says but whosoever drinketh of the water that i shall give him shall never thirst amen and uh so Again, there in the end of that verse 14, it talks about this well of water springing up in the person, right? And yeah. so it uh, kind of goes with that chapter 7 that you mentioned right. with the water flowing through the person. But uh, he says that this water that he's giving, uh, the, the water at the well, it's only going to quench your thirst for a little while. You'll have to come back to that well the next day and draw more water, uh, if not twice a day, right? And uh, so, but this water that Christ gives, this water satisfies all needs. And right. so uh, he's, he's more satisfying, of course, than the, the water from the well. And uh, the, the woman still doesn't understand this. She's, uh, she says, you know, <laughs> well, give me that water. I don't want to have to come back to this well day after day. You're right. <laughs> this bucket's heavy. I don't want to carry it all the time, you know. And and so she wants this water that Christ is going to give. And, you know, it's great that she's very eager to uh, receive this water. We should be eager to receive the spirit. Uh, but she's a little confused. Like I say, she doesn't realize uh, the water that Jesus is talking about. So she wants this uh, this water that she'll never have to come back to the to the well uh, again. Uh, and so. Jesus, you know, he's he's seeing that she's not following along, so he decides to to kind of go another route here to hit her with two angles here. And so he says, go get your husband. Go bring him back here uh, so that we can talk with him as well. And the, the woman's answer here, 
Jesus, of course, says that she has uh, well said, it says in verse 17, but she says, I have no husband. Hmm. And so here he's talking. He, he knew that she didn't have a husband. He didn't say, go get your husband. And then she said that and he was surprised. Uh, but he knew that she didn't have a husband. Uh, we see that in verse 18. He says, you've had five husbands and the one that you're with now, he's not your husband. <laughs> so you did say the right thing there. Uh, and so he, he kind of gives her a, another little lesson along the lines here. Uh, yeah, Caden, I agree with you. And and I like um, what you said that giving her another lesson, kind of going at another angle. Uh, I think it's something that I've said as a preacher and a lot of people will say is you got to get somebody lost <laughs> before you can get them saved. Before she can have that living water, really understand it. She needs to know that she is a sinner herself, as the Bible says, hey, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. And I believe that's what the Lord Jesus is doing here because he knows, because he's all-knowing God, that she's living with a man that's not her husband. And, hey, still today, we believe that is a, uh, you know, an immoral thing. Certainly in that day and age, not only biblically, but culturally, uh, that would have been adultery or fornication. And so Lord Jesus is showing her need of a Savior and, and her sinfulness. And I like something else that you keep saying about that word satisfied, you know, satisfaction, water that, you know, will quench the thirst. You don't have to come back again. I think this is all about satisfaction. And to give credit, credits due, a, a fellow preacher friend, uh, Chad Napier, had said recently in a message that, um, Jesus is the seventh man here, and that's the one that she finds true satisfaction in. She's been married five times. She's living with a man that's six, and then Jesus, the seventh man, comes along. And in him, number seven, a number of perfection or completion. And I think we can all learn uh, the same lesson that woman should that day and does end up learning that day that we find who we really are and our fulfillment and purpose and satisfaction and salvation and all that beautiful stuff in one thing, not a thing, one person, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that's definitely why Jesus came, right, is to satisfy a need that we may not realize we have, right? So this yeah. woman, she was chasing after these men uh, following these husbands. and Sure didn't realize that uh, there was anything better out there. It seems like, you know, she was just trying the same thing over and over again, hoping for success. Uh, but she didn't find uh, true satisfaction, like you said, until right. she found Jesus here at the well. And so she finally, after he talks about her uh, relationships, her past relationships and knows really more than uh, she expects him to, she realizes that something special about this guy here. That's right. Uh, she calls him a prophet. And so uh, she's not too far off, like we've said in previous episodes, the uh, uh, the book of Deuteronomy uh, calls him the prophet, says that uh, the prophet will be sent uh, with a uh, capital P. And so uh, that is a, a term that was used to refer to the Messiah. Uh, but she doesn't necessarily mean it that way. We'll see later. She doesn't realize that he's the Messiah. Sure. At this point. But uh, she does realize that something special about him. And so uh, she starts to talk to him about doctrine here. And so because he's a Jew, of course, the Jews worshiped in Jerusalem. Uh, whereas uh, she says in verse 20 there that uh, the Samaritans uh, 
they worship in the mountains there in Samaria. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she's, she's saying, you know, you worship there. I worship here. Who's right. Where are we supposed to worship? And so Jesus, uh, he gives the third option, right? He takes the door number three. Uh, he says, well, you know, the time's coming that it's not going to matter where you worship. You won't have to go to Jerusalem to worship. You know, I'm glad we don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship now. That's an awful long flight. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. But <laughs> he says, you don't have to go to Jerusalem to worship. You don't have to go to this mountain to worship. Uh, he says, you know, we're going to worship uh, wherever you're at. And so kind of getting ahead of myself there. But in verse 24, he, he talks about God uh, being a spirit. And right. he says that those that will worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. So, again, talking about, uh, again, to worship God wherever we're at. And I think I really like how he phrases it there in, in verse 24. He says uh, he's going to we're going to worship him in spirit. And in truth, and so I was really thinking on that this week about the why he said spirit and truth, and so uh, I'm thinking that when he's talking about that, how do we worship God? We worship God, and 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 when somebody's uh, really praising Him, we say we might say He's filled with the Spirit mm. or something like that. So uh, like that Spirit flows through us, it allows us to worship God through the the flowing of the holy spirit there so he mentions the holy spirit here in verse 24 and then he also says in truth so what's this truth well you might say that uh we're worshiping the true god maybe that's why he said truth but i i think uh the bigger reason here is we worship god not only through the spirit but also through jesus christ right so in uh in later on in the book of john he refers to himself. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No yeah. man come to the Father but by me. And so we use uh, Christ as sort of a bridge between ourselves and God the Father. And so I think here in verse 24, he's talking about worshiping through the Holy Spirit, but also through uh, the Son, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But kind of getting back on track here, we'll, we'll go back and, and talk more about uh, what Jesus said here. So in uh, verse 22 there, he, he talks about uh, what we're worshiping and, and why we're worshiping. And uh, he says something interesting here. He says salvation is of the Jews, but I thought Jesus came for all people, right? So uh, can you explain that to us, Trevor? Yeah, good point. You're right. And of course, we know that's true, that salvation is is to whosoever will. Thanks for great verses like we've already studied John 3. 16. Uh, but I think we need to remember the, the whole Bible and what it says in the book of Romans chapter number one. It does say that salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek or anybody that's not Jew, basically. And so I think what Jesus is saying there is, hey, salvation comes through a savior and the savior is a Jew. That's Jesus Christ. He was he was not a Samaritan or a Gentile. He was a Jew. And also that God gave his message of salvation, the word of God, through the Jewish people uh, you know it was those jewish writers if you will that pinned down the scriptures so, so you could definitely say that salvation and you know god's way of working in the world was a jewish thing and then it branched out uh you know into the bigger picture thank god for all of us so much so that charles ryrie writes in his bible commentator he says the savior was a jew 
and the Jews were the first messengers of the good news. And I think that's what Christ is saying in verse 22. Okay, great. Thanks for uh, explaining that to us and kind of giving us uh, uh, a clearer picture of what we're seeing here, what we're reading. Uh, I also think, uh, based on my studies, uh, that first part of what he said there in verse 22, he, he uh, kind of clarifies a little bit as well uh, in a different context. He says, ye know not what you worship. Hmm. And, and so from from my readings, it, it seems like the Samaritans, when they, uh, like you said at the beginning, intermingled with these Assyrians, they kind of intermingled their gods as hmm. well. Hmm. And so they still worship the Jewish God, but he wasn't the only God they worshiped. They also made idols and uh, and figurines that they worshiped as well, kind of took on some of the gods. Now, yeah. from my understanding, they did exalt uh god the true god above these other gods but they still believed in him Hmm. and of course we know in exodus that we're not supposed to worship any other gods period right and so that that could be a a additional explanation of what he's uh saying here when he when he's talking about what we're worshiping and why we're worshiping sure Uh, the jews of course were worshiping only the true god at the time so the woman here, she's uh, she's got her answer of doctrine. Uh, Jesus has talked to her and told her what he uh, what the doctrine that he's teaching is, and so she's evaluating it. But maybe she's not too quick thinking. She said she kind of uh, pushes it off and tries to change the subject a little bit. She says, "I, I know that the Messiah is coming." Uh, she said, which is called Christ, when he has come, he will tell us all things. Mm-hmm. And right here, I think we get the light bulb moment here when Jesus speaks. Uh, I, I think he said this next sentence, and then her eyes were opened, and uh, she realized what she was saying and who she was talking to. He says, I that speaking to thee am he. Mm-hmm. And so he, he definitely reveals himself to her right there. And I think based on the conversation that they've had and everything that he's told her, uh, she would definitely believe what he said at this point. Yeah. We see, too, uh, towards the end of the chapter here, and we'll, we'll get there in a little bit, but uh, she does go back to uh, the city and brings back some of the men of the city to see uh, this man, Jesus. And they come and they believe on Jesus as well. But we won't get too ahead of ourselves uh, mm-hmm. right now. Uh, we'll go ahead and move here on to uh, what we might call Christ's discussion with the disciples uh, in the next several verses here. So in verse 27, uh, the disciples come back from running their errand uh, and they see uh, Jesus talking to the woman. But then, of course, uh, she leaves and uh, goes back to the to the city and as i said she tells the men and we see later on that they come and see jesus uh towards the end of the chapter but we want to focus right here on this discussion that jesus had with the disciples and so they come back from doing their errand they were going to get food and so they they come back and they meet jesus and they they tell him to eat something you know they've they've been on this journey they're sure he's tired and and hungry and so they're they're trying to take care of him, right? And uh, so they tell him to eat. But then his, his answer 
it confuses them, right? So hmm. he's he's confusing people today. But uh, he says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Yeah. And so they're they're all wondering, they're like, Who brought who brought Jesus food? You right. know, we were going to get the food and now he says he's done eight. but uh he he starts explaining to him what he means here and so he tells him that uh his meat is to do the will of him that sent him uh and so he's he's doing god's work and he says that's like meat that's like nourishment uh that's its own reward like i said he talks about uh the the reward of witnessing here and and gets into it uh with with these next uh, few verses. Another thing, Caden, I think like you said that he's about uh, doing the will of him that sent him. Obviously the father, like you said, he reminds me of what the Lord Jesus said as a 12 year old boy, you know, in the gospel, according to Luke, he said, I must be about my father's business when he said that uh, to Mary and to Joseph. And so it shows us that his whole life, Jesus is about, God's business. He wants to fulfill the will of the Lord. That's his whole purpose of of being here. I think it's a reminder to us all that that should be our goal. Once we're saved and have the spirit, we have that living water that we also make it our one goal in life is to do the will of the father. Right. And and Jesus definitely did that while he's on earth. And, And here in the next few verses, he's telling us not to put off doing that. He's telling us to do that. Right. So in verse 35, uh, he says, you know, don't say that there's four months till the harvest. Look out there now. Hmm. The harvest is ready. The harvest is ripe. And uh, by harvest here, he's not talking about the wheat. He's not, you know, he might have been pointing to a wheat field, but they know what he's talking about. He's talking about a spiritual harvest, sure. a, uh, a harvest of, of souls uh, to be one for Christ here. And so he's uh, talking about we must uh reap this harvest and 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 as as a farmer would grow his grain uh Christ is talking about growing uh people spiritually mm. and and nourishing them spiritually and eventually uh as i said winning them to Christ uh which he describes in verse uh, uh 36 as uh and 37 as reaping the harvest here yeah and so he talks about uh, reaping the harvest and, and winning people to Christ. I think an interesting point here uh, is in verse 37, he starts talking about one person sowing and another person reaping. Right. Now, when you first read this, if I'm the farmer that sowed this grain and somebody else comes along and picks it all, I might be a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we see in verse 36 what he, what he clarifies uh, is he says that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. So it's a shared reward here. Sure. Uh, the the farmer is is planting this, the grain. The the other person is is reaping it or harvesting harvesting it, uh, and they're going to share it and enjoy it together. And of course, here if we're talking in a spiritual context, uh, we know that. Uh, we don't always see the rewards of the witness that we've planted, right? So uh, we we may plant a thought in somebody's mind, as, as I've heard the saying before, uh, put a rock in their shoe, right? So <laughs> it, it just keeps nagging at them, and, and they're thinking about it, and then maybe somebody else comes along later on, uh, pushes that 
point there and the, and uh the the person has been thinking about what you've said to them and uh comes to the full realization uh when somebody else witnesses to them and so i think we see a good uh example of this in first corinthians and uh if you want to you can you can study that out it's in uh chapter 3 really starts around verse 5 and it's uh Paul talking about himself and this other person, Apollos, and they're witnessing. And so he's, he's saying that uh, he, Paul, had uh, planted and Apollos had watered, but then he adds a third person in there, right? He says, <laughs> God reaped. And so uh, he's, he's saying, me and, me and Apollos, we, we spread the word, we witnessed, but it was really a work of God that sure. allowed these people to, to come to salvation. So uh, he's given credit where credit's due, but he also says in that passage that, you know, uh, him and Apollos will have some reward, uh, from that witnessing, whether that is a reward in heaven, uh, as we're promised or, uh, a reward, uh, in a, in a feeling of, uh, satisfaction mm. as we see here, uh, Christ talking to this woman at the well and also talking to uh, the the disciples about being satisfied by witnessing. Yeah, Caden, everything you said, I think is so important. I like how you mentioned about, you know, connected it. Lord Jesus is doing the will of the Father, and here we are supposed to do our part in it, being out there witnessing, and that it's a mutual thing. We're all working together. Uh, we're not going to do every part, but we can all do some part in the Lord's work, especially the main thing is, is witnessing and winning souls to Christ. And it tells us back in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, that, you know, he that winneth souls is wise. And so I think that's a reminder to all of us to get out there and tell more people about Jesus. Definitely the, the Great Commission, right, is to spread the word and, and to witness to, to all people about Christ. And so uh, that is a, should be a goal of our lives as believers. Mm -hmm. let's uh let's look here at another witness that christ had so he's he's witnessing to three different groups of people in this uh in this passage that we read uh as we see starting in verse 39 we see these other samaritans coming back right so the the woman that he talked with she went and she told the city about christ and she's bringing back these men um, these other samaritans to see christ and to to believe him Mm -hmm. And it talks about here that they uh, believed enough to come anyway because the woman testified, right? So Christ witnessed to okay. her about himself, and then she went back into the city and witnessed to these other Samaritans about Christ. And so because she witnessed, these other Samaritans right. came to Christ uh, to uh, examine him, basically. Uh, it says uh, that they came and and they wanted to uh, stay with him and uh, to to learn from him, basically. And I, I like verse 41 uh, here. It says, many more believed because of his own word. And so uh, some came and some <laughs> believed immediately after the woman had told them. Some came and saw Christ and believed. But then some, uh, as Christ was uh, talking to them and and teaching them uh they believed because of christ and what he was teaching yeah 
And and they even summarize right. that here in, in verse 42. They say, now we believe not because of what you said, talking to the woman, uh, for we have heard him ourselves. We have seen Christ ourselves, <laughs> and we believe him because of him, uh, not just because of your witness, but definitely the woman, uh, as, as Christ talked about there, in uh, verse 37, uh, the woman sowed a seed. She she planted a seed and, and started right. this conversation because she caused these people to believe enough to come to Christ. And then he uh, finished out and uh, caused them to believe on him. Yeah, and as we're finishing up today, Caden, I think uh, those are some wonderful words at the end of verse 42. They said in their own words, hey, he is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. And it makes me think, you know, that Jesus has to become that to everybody. If it's going to be personal, if we're going to go to heaven, then we have to individually make Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the the Messiah, and make him the Savior of, of us and believe and receive him as our Savior. And I think that's the wonderful, maybe overarching theme of the whole chapter is that satisfaction that comes with Jesus. These people found it at the end. The Samaritan woman found it throughout the whole passage. And then even the Lord Jesus is showing that he's satisfied. He doesn't worry about the food and drink because what really nourishes him and sustains him is doing the will of the Father. So I think this overarching theme of satisfaction is important. And we all are looking for something. There's a there's a hole in everyone's heart, and the only thing that's really going to fill it is Jesus. Then he's the one that can give us that living water. And as a final thought, I love going back to the very beginning when it says that Jesus, uh, in verse number four, he must needs go through Samaria, is the KJV's language. He must needs. He, he just had to do it. Uh, it was his perfect divine plan to meet this woman. And I'm thankful that God will direct his plan to us and have a plan for our own lives. And again, we can find satisfaction in him and him alone. Hey, I think that's a great way of drawing this whole chapter together here. That, that word satisfaction, we both kept bringing that up uh, throughout our talk here today. Uh, And so I, I definitely think that is a theme of what, Christ was uh, talking about here. He was talking about satisfaction. I also think uh, we we should focus a lot on the the theme of witnessing here. Amen. Uh, he definitely witnessed to this woman at the well. He witnessed to the disciples, and he witnessed to uh, the other Samaritans. And so, yeah. uh, I think those two themes are are what stands out to me throughout these uh, these verses that we read today. I agree. Definitely a good passage here, and so. Uh, we're excited to keep going, and uh, so next week we're going to finish out uh, chapter 4 here. We we stopped at verse 42 today, so we're going to start in verse 43 of chapter 4 uh, for next week and read through uh, the first part of chapter 5. We'll get to verse 16 of chapter 5 and probably stop right there mm-hmm. for this next week's discussion, and so Definitely go ahead and read those. Be thinking about them. Uh, and as always, like I say, send us an email, messages on Facebook. Send us your questions and comments, and uh, we might even mention them here on the show uh, and talk about them. So uh, go ahead and message us. 
uh, send us an email, however you want to get in contact with us. And uh, we'll, we'll plan on uh, looking at more of the Gospel of John next week. So until then, we'll see you next time. See you then.